Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planning. Joined once again by Hans Stutzman, Paul Harms, Nolan Kitterman, and we're going to dive right back into what we have kind of been talking about for the last few episodes, and that is planner maintenance. And uh, last episode, we unpacked gauge wheels and opening discs. And now, gentlemen, it's time that we get into seed tubes, seed tube guards, and Keaton seed firmers. Where do you guys want to start? So I like to start with the very beginning. What's the purpose of this item that we're maintaining? So I understand the reason why I and the value behind maintaining it. So what's the purpose of a seed tube guard? The seed tube guard or the seed tube? Which well, one do you start with? This? Let's start with the let's start with the seed tube. Seed tube? Yeah. So if you start with the seed tube, the idea behind it is that we gotta have a safe passage from the meter that we've spent time to, to work on, and we'll talk about that in the next session. Getting the seed from the seed from the meter to that trench that we have so carefully created with our disc openers. How do we get that down there without having it deflected or or obstructed, essentially, is what I'm thinking of. So this is my plastic FAA, right? This is clearing out my every seed is a flight correct, from Chicago to Phoenix, and I'm clearing out the pass so that plane doesn't run into anything. It's traffic controller. Traffic controller. Okay, so I've got a plastic FAA in my shank. Yep, yep. And what's going to hinder that FFA from doing what it needs to? FFA is a... Or, sorry, yeah, FFA. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Correction. Yes. What's going to hinder me from getting my seed to that trench? What's going to... What can obstruct it? What's going to get in the way? Right. So, I want to look for anything in that seed tube, or if I'm using a high-speed option, I'm, I'm pretty agnostic here. Let's say anything that's going to delay, interact, or, or cause deflection on that seed that plane now has to fly around a mountain or bounce off the side of it. So when you think of that, you're thinking of anything that is dirt, dust, anything that could be residing in those delivery systems that can cause a ricochet off of that or anything that is missing that would cause it to be delayed or miss yep. what's actually going down the seat tube. And I want that to be safe all season long. So things like the, the dust cover on the top of the shank, I need that presence so that I safeguard this row unit and the tube from staying or to stay clean that flight path to stay clean all season long. Yep. One quick way to find out what's going on with your C2. What do you look for? If you're doing maintenance on a C2, what's the first thing you look for when you look inside a C2? I look for the history of what's happened, and a lot of times that's easily identified by where is the seed tube treat or seed treatment at. Seeds are impacting the side uh, or anywhere in my seed delivery device, high speed or low speed. Somewhere along that flight path, if they're bouncing off of a mountain, there's going to be some paint scraping on the side there. You're going to know where those seeds traveled. No trace planting. We, we want we, no trace. <laughs> yes. We want no trace. We want to not be able to see where that seed's been. Mm -hmm. That's ideal. So actually one of the first things that I look for, and this is probably just my conditioning of how long I've worked at Precision uh, and knowing about bullseye seed tubes, is to check for any wear at the bottom of the seed tube. Yeah, that's a big piece of it because what you're looking for there is the idea that if a disc opener or something contacts the seed tube, it wears the sides in and then those plastic pieces tend to get warm. They actually deflect in, not out. And if they start to deflect in, that means your seed tube is going to get caught by that. And then at the very last precious moment that you have a, a option to deflect that seed, you are now kicking the seed off to the side or up or deflecting it and delaying it from getting to the trench. 
at the correct spacing. So back to the, the agronomic impact behind these, it takes such a short period of time for that seed to go from the meter to the bottom of the furrow that any interaction, any deflection, any touching of the sides is going to cause that seed to slow down in relation to the neighboring seeds, which then is a spacing error. And if we crowd seeds, crowd plants, that's overcompetition. That's going to reduce my harvestable ear size. So there's our value prop behind why we want to make sure we get this right. The curling in the, the bottom end, that actually can have the risk of not just moving the seed closer to or farther from its neighboring seed. It can actually pitch it out of the furrow. Yeah. Yep. And that actually ends up with a missing plant then because it's actually on top of the ground. That's bird food. Yep. Exactly. We don't want that. Yeah. It's worth nothing to us. Um, gentlemen, any other points to make on seed tubes or are we ready to move on to seed tube guards? Well, your your comment about the, I think we're done on that, but the comment you mentioned about the wear on the bottom of the seed tube actually directly leads into that next topic. Seed tube guards. So what is the purpose? I'll start back at the beginning. What's the purpose behind this item that we're going to maintain? Why do it, What is it doing so I know where the value is? So that's actually, Tyler, you were about to say something. Well, here. I guess uh, the name feels pretty intuitive. It does. It really, I mean, we really should be, it's guarding the seed tube. Yeah. Paul and I were talking about this when we first started renting this idea is that it actually is a dual purpose and the probably one of the primary purposes actually is not even to protect the seed tube guard. But that's the what we've called it is to protect the seed tube guard. So let's start there. Seed tube guard, guarding the seed tube. Everything yep. important that we just talked about that a seed tube is trying to do, this device is trying to protect it from, actually, Paul, you've given me one of the best examples that I always think back to. And bless you because you put things in sports terms for me. This is the fullback ahead of the running back, right? This is the guy that's taken the first hit for that boulder, that piece of residue, whatever it is. Now, what else does a seed tube guard do? So it's actually one of the things it does that what's really key is it constrains or lessens the amount of disc flex that you get from your disc openers. One of our regional sales managers, Troy McCown, has a great story of he was out with a customer working and digging in the field, getting a planter started up for the first time. They had just added a bunch of new technology to the planter, and they were evaluating how it was doing, trying to make sure it was configured correctly. So they start pulling up the uh, closing wheel systems so that they can evaluate the seeding performance, and they find consistently shallow planted seeds. And they go back through all of the settings, all the things that they can evaluate, and they all look set correctly. It's set to the right depth. We're holding the real unit to the ground consistently. And what they, they end up coming back to is we take a real unit apart and the seed tube guard is so narrow that it's allowing those discs in the hard soil they were in, it was allowing it to flex so much that my, my, uh, my furrow, my seed trench was too narrow for the size of seed. So the seed was getting hung up partially down the seed trench or above the bottom of the seed trench. So instead of it being all the way at the bottom of that two inch trench, it was large enough that it was hanging up about a half inch shallow of that. So all of their seeds were right at or above the moisture line. Rather than in problem. the moisture line. Right. So it's, it's guarding that, but it's not just a forward guard. It's also a sideways guard, making sure that those discs don't flex too far in. And we do hold and maintain the shape. Now, again, we do have to acknowledge that there are different row units out in the market. This is on a standard Truvia double disc opener style. That's where that impact comes in. The opposite is, or it's something different on a case row unit. It's a, a shoe. shoe. It's, a, yep. it's a shoe. And that yep. one works. Uh, so that one works in kind of similar, the same same fashion in that it's holding, it holds the disc openers open, but more importantly on the case, it actually holds the furrow open long enough to get seed drops within that shoe to the bottom of the seed trench. So it actually is maintaining 
disc opener contact as well, but it also makes sure that it, it holds a furrow open long enough to get seed to the bottom. And it's got a little firming point it on does. the bottom there that is intentional yep. to create that bottom. The flat piece edge. of the bottom. Yep. yep. And that has a wear life on it that needs to be serviced and maintained. And again, that's all about creating the bottom of that furrow to make sure that our seeds are getting where we want them. Correct. Yep. So it is agronomy issue when we talk about we are kind of the context we keep coming back to is what's the agronomy piece to these maintenance item, and for that seed tube guard it's the agronomy piece of I need my fur open wide enough that I can get my my seed to the bottom of the trench to keep it where it's supposed to be. Do I actually get the correct depth that I need it to be? Okay. the 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 third point we're going to cover on here that Tyler opened up with was Keaton seed firmers, but I want to recap these first two first. The Delivery from the flight path, from my meter to the furrow, and the, the guard, the fullback on that. Both of those, the value there is making sure that seed-to-seed seed spacing is correct. And, the, and we've, we can, you can go search and find the, the exact agronomic value for your neck of the woods by local research plots on spacing values. But that first part is spacing, seed spacing value. Second part is making sure we hold the trench shape correct so that we get the seeds where we belong and that's very similar to the previous episode correct it's very similar to the the previous episode i think leading into the keaton side of it is even a good keaton a probably maintained keaton is trouble shot is going to be defeated by a improper maintained c-tube guard yeah in in the Trauma Count example, the one that he shared with me previously, they had seed firmers on there. That were set new and were, cal- and were set up. They were set new, and they just did not have it. Like I said, it was hard soil, and it was, defle- it was hard enough soil that it was deflecting the opening discs in, and I didn't have a wide enough seed tube guard to hold that shape, while that was also hard enough to keep my seed firmer from being able to shove that seed down in. Okay, so... Let's go from there, because let's say we've maintained our C-tube guards. We've got the correct firmer or furrow creation. What's the goal of my firmer then at this point? What's the purpose of the firmer to put that seed? What are we doing with that firmer then? I love the approach. Okay, so my own question right back at me. It is. It's got to come right back at you, Paul. I love it. The purpose of that firmer is to lock and seat every seed at the very bottom of the trench, fully contacted by by soil, hopefully good moist soil all the way around. So I'm maximizing seed to soil contact and trying to create as uniform as possible a seeding depth. That way, as I have variations in my seed shape and size, they don't just kind of hang up maybe a quarter of an inch below the bottom of the furrow, all the way at the bottom of the furrow. They pigeon it all nice and tight. The firmer comes along, seats them all cleanly and solidly into the soil at the very bottom. Now, I chose the bottom, the depth, the bottom of that trench for a very specific purpose. Again, broken record, moisture. By firming them into that, I now make sure that they all have uniform amount of seed-to-soil contact so they all have the opportunity to imbibe at the same time, begin that germination process. If they all germinate at the same time, they're very likely going to emerge at the same time. Then I avoid or mitigate as many of the risks towards late emergers and uh, a loss of harvestable ears. Think about like a conventional oven as having hot spots, right? We don't want hot spots, if you will, in the soil. We want that convection oven, right? Which which I get an even bake all around. That's going to, to take that to our seed, that's going to fully surround our seed with good moist moisture. soil. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Yep. Food and sports. Those analogies work with Tyler. 
Yeah, it works with anyone. <laughs> I think it works with me. It makes sense to me all the time. On the maintenance, so I answered the why yep. or, the, or the purpose of what it's doing. What I'll turn it back around and say, what are the maintenance pieces we need to ID and how are they going to cause it to fail? Yeah, so when you think about your Keaton firmer, the goal, as you were mentioned, was to push the seed to the proper depth. That requires tension or weight on the Keaton firmer to actually push the seed down. Those are the things that you're going to look for. You want to make sure you have enough weight that you're actually pushing the seed down. If you don't have enough, you're going to be ineffective on that one. Um, 16, 20 ounces is what we generally recommend. You can go higher than that up to a point, but those are the to push it down. The flip side is if you have it set incorrectly and you're carrying too much weight on there, if you're in conventional tilled soil, you actually run the risk of pushing the seed past that planting depth that you picked if you have loose soil underneath it. You can actually deepen your planting depth with your firmer if you get it get it too deep. Okay, so you list it off there, force, and you too much the, force. Too, well, overall, the first aspect of service or maintenance on it was force, the amount of force that's yep. pushing down, and you can have that in either too little or too much. Yep. Pretty rare to run on the too much. Pretty rare, but it can happen. Yeah, and the risk on the too low is the, the, the device just isn't able to do what it's supposed to. Correct, and then the one last piece of that maintenance in is the actual shape of it. Um, you want to make sure that you got a relatively wide enough shape that you can actually push the seed and match the furrow that you've created and get seed to the bottom of the trench. If the shape is not correct, you're going to move seed to the side of the furrow. It's going to roll around the firmer and get pushed in the sidewall, which is still in the soil, but it may not be the moist soil, and it's not the same depth as the one next to it. Yeah, we were wanting a flat bottom seed firmer and not a pointed seed yes. firmer. Yes, you don't want a really sharp point because that will slide seed to correct. the side. Yep. It's easier to stomp on and crush an aluminum can with my work boots than my with my wife's heels. Yes, it is. It's very true. I think I'd like to see that, though. That not that I've worn the heels. I'm not saying that from experience, but I, I'm, I'm trying to create a mental image of if I have a nice wide footprint, it's easier to stomp that down into place. And unfortunately, that's a mental image most of us may not be able to get rid of. <laughs> my apologies. Paul, let me back up a little bit because as we are going through all this, I think a key thing that we, we kind of talked through a little bit is we have talked through most of the pieces of getting seed into the furrow at this point. But we have talked through bar height. We've talked through parallel arms. We've talked through row cleaners. We've talked through how parallel arms and, and downforce makes a difference on it. And when you look at all of the because the Keaton firmer to get in seed to the trench, any one of these components that we've talked about in the last four sessions can prohibit the last piece of that system from getting seed to the proper depth. All of these work together to get there. The goal of our maintenance is to make sure that all of these systems are able to do what we've asked it to do to get seed in the ground. And that ties in with the the overriding mentality we've had in the studio here of maintenance applies to all planners. The value of the maintenance applies to all planners. It doesn't matter what technology level is there. It can actually exacerbate or make it worse on some control systems but there is a significant value to maintaining and keeping your things serviced right. And that's really where we're trying to drive towards is understanding that. So it makes writing the check for the service a little easier. Right. And the idea of service is so that each one of them can do what they need to do so that the one after them is set up for success as well. Perfect. Gentlemen, any other closing thoughts on Keaton Seed Firmers? I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Well, on that note, thank you again so much for listening. Please feel free to join us next time. Session five, I believe, is what we're up to. And we're going to unpack meters and metering drive systems in the next episode of Smart Every Season. Until then, thanks for listening.